You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 422. I am Tim Robertson, and that is David Cohen joining me for a brand new decade of podcasting. Yep. Think about... Is it a new decade? Well, you know, there was some debate, I remember. It seems like this happens all the time. There's a debate where yeah. you don't start counting until number one. So 2021 would be the start of the new decade, but that's stupid. So of course it is, it's yeah. dumb. You go from 19 to 20. Obviously, that's the beginning of the decade. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, if if people were to adopt that new air quote standard of starting with the one, then basically we'd have to ignore the 2020s this year and then in we wouldn't be able to start the 21st decade till uh the uh you know till past 2030 right. it's not going to happen and and here's here's how to make it simple for this argument we didn't go from 2019 to 2001 there, there's there's a year there and it starts yeah. with a two <laughs> yeah so but let's do yeah, it that's right yeah. um so yeah. this is uh the beginning of a new decade for us in particular, David, this is a significant episode, and here's why. We podcasted and recorded TechFan for an entire decade. We started TechFan in 2010. It is now 2020. Yeah. So there is an entire decade, 10 years worth of shows that people who have a hard time falling asleep at night could take advantage of. See, when you went shows i thought you were going to say another word beginning with this <laughs> i'm harsh on myself but not that harsh <laughs> so yeah think about that david we've yeah. been doing this show for a decade i've been podcasting for 16 years i think you're at 14 years yeah um and i've been doing mymac.com now officially for 25 years so yeah we're kind of into this and tech stuff we are, and and in terms of podcasting, the way we the po the way that general awareness of podcasting has developed is the difference is when I first started doing this, and I told people what what I did that I like to. People say, "What's your hobby?" This is my hobby. I you say, oh, "I like to podcast." I podcast with a guy, and most back back then, most people go, "Oh, what's a podcast?" Now people don't do that because they've heard of the word podcast. They still don't know what it is, but at least they've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's an awful lot of people who who still don't know what a podcast is well that's uh, always going to be this uh, that's always going to be true though yeah yeah i guess so but uh, at least people have at least nowadays we're doing something people have heard of if if nothing else so uh yeah but 10 i i well i i mean it's the old joke isn't it i'm always making it's the new show but it still feels a little bit like that to me even though we've been doing this far longer well but the good thing we is, have a new show it, we, yeah, exactly. We're in the new decade, and we do have a new yep. show, so that's good. And uh, maybe we should have started uh, Geek's Pub in 2020, so we could have, you know, yeah, well, doesn't matter. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, you missed the last one, by the way. And and on the next Geek's Pub, we will talk some more uh, Rise of the Skywalker because David didn't get an opportunity to contribute to that conversation uh, that I had with. I did Eric. enjoy listening to to you and. Um, Eric and your pontifications with Eric. Er yes. Eric is a, a huge Star Wars fan, but I'll, I'll be honest though. After that episode aired, um, 
I've been thinking more about it, and I've got more problems with that movie now. Yeah. But we'll get into that on the next yeah. Geeks Pub. We're going we're gonna to concentrate on technology, but let's stick with entertainment for a minute, and specifically sure. Apple here. Um, when Apple TV Plus launched, I subscribed immediately. It's not available for you yet, right? Or is it? Uh, no, no, I can get, yeah, it's available here. Are, are you a Disney subscriber? Disney Plus is the one we can't right, get here. Disney Plus. Are you a subscriber? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've subscribed to it. Um, in fact, well, we all get a, a free year anyway, oh, so yeah. yeah, there was no, there was no reason not to subscribe to it. Um, yeah. have you watched much of it? I've watched nothing on it. Well, that kind of goes to my, my contention here. <laughs> so yeah. it launched to quite honestly very little fanfare because sh shortly thereafter Disney Plus launched and of course yeah look it's all about the content let's be honest but is it yeah is it really all about the content because Disney Plus launched they had oh, let's be honest one really good show the Mandalorian and that's pretty much it a, a Jeff Goldblum half hour thing that's not very good i've watched every episode cuz i'm paying for it i might as well watch something uh, I looked through their back catalog and I've seen most of it. And the stuff that I haven't, I didn't watch for a reason to begin with. Um, I, was, I, I want more from Disney Plus, and it just feels like okay. I really enjoyed The Mandalorian, but beyond that, meh, not a whole lot there that's capturing my opinion or my attention. I would jump over to YouTube or Netflix, right? So going over to Apple TV, well, they launched with. A lot more original content but once you get through that there's literally nothing if you watch the few original programs that are on Apple TV because guess what it's all original programs once you get past those there is literally nothing else to watch not figuratively like on Disney literally nothing else to watch yeah. on Apple TV plus nothing there's nothing there so, so the challenge with Apple's approach is that because it's all original stuff, you don't just snap your fingers and get this stuff made. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I mean, Disney's spending obscene amount. Of, apparently, spending hundred million episodes or something like that on the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Well, it shows. But the too. thing is, is that it just yeah. Well, it does. Yeah. But the point is, just even burning through that colossal amount of money takes yeah. time even if you weren't putting any creative effort into it whatsoever. Uh, and obviously all of these companies are, are putting creative effort in. It takes months, sometimes years to make these shows. And so unless you have a pipeline set up, um, you're, you're going to have this problem. And I think it's a problem that both Apple and Disney have encountered. The, 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 problem, uh, the problem Apple has is they have nothing else. Yeah? At least Disney has back catalogue content. And I don't know what's on there because obviously I can't get Disney Plus yet. So um, I, I can't review what's on there. Funnily enough, I did hear I, I, the girls in the office when, when we came back in the new year, I heard that we, we had a brief TV conversation um, and I was telling them it's out on Netflix today. I strongly recommend to everybody listening to this. If you like um, kind of sci-fi edgy type horror, watch Dracula which is the um, BBC Netflix co-production. It's only three episodes. Yeah. Is that on Netflix it's now? It's, it's supposed to be on Netflix from today. Oh, okay. Uh, from the, yeah. Um, it's only three episodes. It's done by the people who did Sherlock. Yeah, which is... And so it's... But the trailers well, it, look it, bad. So it, 
I, I mean, well, I was, I, it's a lot better. I know. I'll tell you. Look, look, it looks like a seventies BBC show, which does no, nothing. No, it, it for looks. Me. It, it's 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 been very very much misrepresented in the trailers. Yeah, the trailers are terrible. Yes, it's much better than the trailers represent and you, and because you of the storytelling. It. You watched it. I've 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 watched the first two episodes. They they streamed it. They did it three episodes back to back gotcha. last week. So I've seen the first two. I, I didn't get to see the final one yet. Um, but yeah, it it's typical from the from the people of Sherlock. It's not what you expect. It's not the traditional Dracula story. It starts there, but then it goes in a completely different direction. Uh, and the way it does it is very 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 clever. It actually. It actually goes back to the way the original novel was written, which was as almost as a narration or, um, you know, reflecting stories. The, the original novel was actually written as a series of letters describing the events of the novel. And this kind of uses that um, conceit in how it presents the episodes. But it, it goes, it, it vastly diverges where you think it's going to go on a regular basis. It's really, really good. And the, the, the two main characters in it, Dracula and then... Um, there's another character in it who's like his his adversary, of a played fabulous. Well, I gotta say, the, you know, each episode, I'm, I just pulled it up on Netflix. They're doing Dick yeah. All to uh, promote it because it's not even on the yeah. front page. I had to do a search for it. Yeah, um, it's three episodes, but each episode is about a decent sized movie. Eighty eight, eighty nine minutes, eighty eight minutes, and ninety one minutes. Those yeah, are that's movies. right. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's basically three right, movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, um, so Netflix, let's be honest, I've been reading a lot of headlines lately that the tech giant Netflix is in trouble. Disney and Apple and Hulu, they're all eating into BS. Nobody is talking, yeah. other than The Mandalorian, no one's talking about Disney+. Plus. Nobody is talking about Apple TV+. Plus. And Hulu, they, they got a couple good series, but you would never know about it because nobody talks about it. Like, they got a series coming out next month called High Fidelity. Which is based on a movie that I loved with John Cusack. Love that movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw the trailers for it. And it looks really good. It, it has the same atmosphere, if you will. Um, so I'm that looks very interesting to me. But I'm probably not going to subscribe to Hulu to to watch it. To be honest. Um, but this goes back to my original question that I hadn't asked yet. Oh. Apple has a deep desire to keep everything secret as us yeah. in the tech industry understand very well. Do you think the secrecy that Apple shrouds everything that they do in is hurting Apple TV plus? And I ask because I've watched the initial slate of shows. Uh, I finished, well, let me pull it up. I finished the morning show. It was really good by the way. Yeah, I, well, this, that's what I was, I was started to say before I got diverted by Dracula. I, I, the girls in the office were talking about the morning show, and they were all raving about how oh, great it was. Oh, it was really good. I watched yeah. all of For All Mankind, an alt history of landing on the moon. That was by yeah. far the best. That is a fantastic yeah. show. Uh, I've, got, I've watched three quarters of C, which is everyone's blind except to these. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll finish watching it, and... Quite honestly, that's the only reason I'm still subscribed to Apple TV. Um, yeah. But beyond that, nothing on here looks at all interesting. Nothing. Mm -hmm. it, I, there's half of it is coming in February, coming in this time, coming that. 
I don't care about coming. I want to watch something now, and there's nothing to watch. Yeah. They have this thing called Ghost Writers. I, it's a bunch of kids looking pensive at the screen. I, that does nothing to me. Helpsters, it's some Muppet yeah. thing. Uh, no. Oprah's Book Club. Um, yeah. Something called Elephant. A Love Story's Courage and Coming of Hope. It's two elephants. I don't care. Um, Dickinson, we've already discussed that. It looks stupid. Uh, yeah. Servant, I don't know what it is. It's just a baby, and it looks like a fake baby. It looks like a very CGI baby. Yeah, I've seen a couple of... They, now, interesting enough, you talk about promotion. They ever have actually been advertising that on regular TV here, yeah. that show. Yeah, but it doesn't look um, interesting. Hala is uh, it's a girl in a hijab with a skateboard. Does nothing for me. And truth be told, drama, every two, truth has a consequence. Uh, has some black lady who I don't know who she is, and then in the background, the younger dude from Breaking Bad looking, again, very pensive. None of this is jumping out at me from the shows that I've already watched, right? And no, I don't know uh, anything we, coming we, up. Why should I continue to subscribe? Once I finish C, Apple, yeah. give me a reason to... Why would I pay for the next two months when there's nothing? There's nothing to watch. Uh, and And... You'll remember when this came out, I ripped them long and hard about the fact that even in the official app, you couldn't get decent information about the shows that are on there, let alone anything. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 but that's not the point, though. The point is, there's nothing on the on the service at all. There's a couple of really well, good shows, well, but once you're done with those, why not? Give me a reason, Apple. Why not? I'm going to cancel my subscription, and then six months from now, I'll resubscribe if there's a couple of shows. I'll binge watch them because I'll wait until they've all been released until I subscribe and then I can watch them in, in a binge setting and then I'll unsubscribe again. Yeah, I've I've heard people talk about doing that with CBS All Access yeah. so they can watch they, Star Trek. They wait Trek. till Star Trek so has come out. Subscribe. And, yep. Yeah, they, they bolt watch it and then they drop their subscription again. This is always a risk. Well, I, I, guess, did, that with, I did that with uh, YouTube. You know, they've got that premium YouTube yeah. service. So when the new Karate Kid show came out, uh, Cobra Kai, I subscribed, I watched all the episodes, and they give you 30 days for free. So I subscribed yeah. for free for 30 days, I turned right around and unsubscribed, and I was never charged. I've done that twice to watch the two seasons of Cobra Kai because the rest of their original programming is garbage. So, yeah. Apple, give me a reason to subscribe. You guys are this huge tech giant that's used to living uh, in, in, re in releasing your products in utter secrecy even though almost everything leaks um i think that this secrecy that apple has about their culture is extremely uh unhelpful when it comes to apple tv plus you want to build excitement you want to give reasons to subscribe uh they're not offering anything other than original programming or stuff you've already purchased in itunes i think for them to do anything at all is to give free rentals uh every month you get say 10 free rentals and apple pays the yeah. content holders so you don't have to come up with yeah. a uh an agreement with all these content holders apple simply gives you 10 free movie rentals or tv rentals so because they got tv shows in, in itunes yeah 10 free rentals every month well, yeah, I mean that. That's, I mean, they could do what, uh, for instance, Amazon Video does. Exactly. Amazon Video. Amazon Video. Um, you know, does exactly the same thing. Where where the stuff you get for free with Prime yep. is not everything. You, you know, they select the content that you can get for free. 
So, you know, they kind of manage that process. Apple could do exactly the same thing. But, you know, Apple is all about trying to build... Um, well, I don't know what they tried to do. I don't, this, I don't really. get it. I understand <laughs> yeah. why they wanted to jump in. And, and I will give them credit here. Um, three of the shows are really good. And the other ones that I can't rate because I haven't watched them, they're not drawing me in at all because I don't see any promotion for them. I know that you said the one's getting some promotion over there, but I haven't seen just, any just, promotion just at all. There. Nothing. I, yeah. And nobody yeah. is talking about these shows. Nobody. Well, I, I think this is the problem is, is as a tech company, they don't know how to market this stuff. Um, and they don't, they don't have the, you know, they, they like to talk about courageousness. Yeah. They don't have the courage to hand over the marketing of this side of the business to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. yeah? I mean, I think actually this kind of goes to, to many of the problems that Apple has had over the last few years come from the from exactly that same problem is that they want at the top of the company to at least have sight of all of the decisions and give a, a yay or nay uh, and the problem is is i'm sure that apple is full of people screaming we need to do this we need to do that we need to fix the keyboards we need to update the the desktops we need to do something new we need to serve this part of our customer base yeah and the people at the top of the company are so conservative uh, and so steeped in this idea of, well, we don't do it until we absolutely feel we, we have to do it. And we won't do it until it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. And and I I think it's it's the root of many of Apple's difficulties over the last few years. And the problem is, you know, at the moment, it doesn't really matter because the iPhone is still making them huge amounts of money and keeping the company afloat. And they're trying to diversify. And I think, I think generally their overall strategy is probably appropriate. But it's 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 all about the specifics. Their execution is getting worse and worse and worse. Uh-huh. I agree with you and, 100%. And, I, and I, think it, I think it becomes, you've effectively got, you know, you're, all right, it's the board or whatever it is. But effectively, you've got a star chamber of certain individuals in the company who basically have, you know, rights of approval on everything. And they they exercise those rights on everything, and things don't get done that need to get done. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be a lot and, of frustrated and, people at Apple right now about this kind of stuff. I, I'd imagine so. Yeah, and I, I think this just typifies it. There must be the people in the content side of Apple TV must be screaming the fact that they can't promote upcoming shows until presumably until Apple decides to have an event. Yeah. What will happen is yeah, in April or May, Apple will have an event probably to launch new iPads or something like that. And there'll be a section there where they talk about new shows coming on Apple TV. That's just not good no, enough. No, it's not. It's just not good enough. In, in, because you've got you've you've got to bring eyeballs to the platform yes. before the content arrives. Right. And you have that yeah. has to be almost uh Every three to four weeks, you have to be announcing a new show coming. Because yeah. if you're not, and, and people not, are going to forget yeah. you. And they're going to be well, like look, me. Look they're at, just going to the, unsubscribe. Look at the conversation we've just had about Dracula on Netflix. Yeah. It's not being promoted. It's just one of those things Netflix has done. I'm telling you, it's an absolutely great, compelling show. Very much in your wheelhouse. If I'd never mentioned it to you, you probably wouldn't have ever seen no, it. No, I actually, the funny thing is, I not even a half hour before we got together to record this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, I yeah. had just watched a trailer for it, so right. I was on Engadget, I think, and they have. Is yeah. it, no, it's not Engadget. It's um, it's one of those sites. They have this week's in trailers, right? And they have like right. the top eight trailers that you should watch, and that was one of them. And I watched it, and I thought, oh, okay, this is the creators of Sherlock, one of my favorite shows of all time. I love Sherlock. 
I adore yeah. it. And I, I really do hope they come back and do more. They've talked about it, but who knows if it's actually going to happen. Um, so, oh, I'm very interested in that. And then I watch it, and I'm like, this looks like a daytime series from the BBC in the 70s. It looks bad. Yeah. It just looked bad. And in my mind, I immediately thought about the last show about Dracula that I actually liked. There's very few, but there's one out there. It's also on Netflix that I think is one of the best things that Netflix has done in years, and it's called Castlevania, based on a video game. It's an animated right. series. I don't know if you've ever watched Castlevania. No, I, have, I haven't watched oh it. Oh, my yet. God, it's so good. It's two seasons yeah. now. Uh, it is animated, but it's not kids' animation. Um, right. It's brilliant. They've got great voice actors. They take it extremely serious. There's humor in it. Um, oh, it's so good. You should... Dude, I'm telling you right now. I'll watch your Dracula show, but you watch Castlevania for me. Okay, no problem. Um, it's that good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, let, let, let's get off this subject a little bit. Let's talk about Apple a little bit yeah. longer. Um, months ago, I subscribed to Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. And if you remember at the time, my fear was, or my question, I should say, was are they going to release new content for this? Or is this just like kind of a boom, here's a whole bunch of stuff, and eventually we'll release some new stuff to it? Well, to Apple's credit, yeah. they've been releasing new content all the time. Yeah. And even though I have dropped off, I, I still subscribe. I should. I keep downloading some new stuff, but I haven't played anything in quite a while. Yeah. And that's just because of my schedule. I'm so busy. But... The videos that I've seen and the reviews I've seen, some of the new games that's come out for Apple Arcade look fantastic. Yeah, I, in fact, I was just browsing through what was on Arcade uh, last night because, I, same as you, I've, I've downloaded a few games and the ones I've played I've enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and I've encouraged everyone in the family to uh, get games from there as well. And, and I think everybody has and they're all liking them as well. Um, the difficulty I have is just the... Yeah, it's it's almost too much content. Yeah. There's an awful lot coming up there all the time, and it's difficult to keep Basically up. Basically, the it. the also opposite was, of Apple TV yeah. Plus. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but pretty much everything, even the you know the stuff that's not that interesting, is it, it looks to be of extremely high quality. I w if I'm if I'm going to criticize Apple Arcade at all, I would say that browsing. First of all, I, I don't think the way it's presented is particularly interesting. No, at it, all. There's something about. The Apple Arcade part of the um, of the App Store, it they because of the style they use, they make all the games look the same, yes. even though they're not. Yep. Yeah, you know, well, you can't tell what the hell the game is similar. about when you're just looking. At, I don't know what that is. Yeah, exactly. But because they give it a very generic description, uh, a few screenshots, and then a, a, a quick gameplay video, and and yeah, they all look kind of vanilla. Yeah. Um, and I know that's unfair, um, but. But that's kind of that's I think that's part of the problem. But you know, that's something that can be worked on. But yes, well, it's the same type of interface gratis. that you're complaining about with Apple TV Plus. Yeah. You know, it's big flashy graphics, but it doesn't there's no depth to it. And it's it's almost like the same people who created the Apple TV Plus stuff also did Apple Arcade. I they need to hire someone who understands how we look for get interested in and download content. That's not an easy thing. That is a very particular no. skill set, which I I don't I don't know if I have, but I think if you and I were running this division of Apple, 
Apple or Apple Arcade would be a lot more popular because you'd actually know what the heck is going on. There should be a website well, yeah. dedicated to Apple TV Plus. Is there? I don't know. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Apple no, Arcade. There should yeah. be. Yeah, and and the website the website where each game's promotion page is a different style. Right, exactly. Yeah, because the the problem I think the problem the, the problem with the Apple Arcade interface is that basically all the information you need is in text. Yep. Yeah, and you've got to read the text. And unfortunately, there's only so many ways you can word exciting text about a video game. Right. And so th- I think that's why it comes across all as very generic. You know, and the screenshots uh, don't really tell you very much. The video often doesn't tell you very much. And the problem is, is you've got to be a bit more engaged to even click the video. Yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's why it just comes across to me as very, very generic. You have to be really kind of into it to try and... You force yourself to dig through and say, "I want to, I want to check these things out," and it 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 comes across like a chore. And, and that's and it, the problem when it. you figure that yeah. you subscribe to the service, so everything that you see, you can just click download and play it. I mean, it's it's yeah. essentially it's not free, but it's free for you to play because you're a subscriber. And yet, yeah, I I don't go to it. There should be an an Apple yeah. TV something that, or I keep saying Apple TV, Apple Arcade something that i launch and it's just vibrant and exciting and hey look at this and check this out and and there's none of that it's this stale vanilla boring not engaging at all hey apple arcade how about how about having a channel where you it's kind of like youtube oh there you go here's a thought uh where it's just someone talking about the new games this week with some yeah. gameplay video and his excitement or her excitement, heaven forbid, um, where it's kind of a TV show every week that you watch on your iPad that shows you the new kind of cool stuff. And, oh, by the way, maybe they'll promote Apple TV Plus while they're doing that for you. Yeah. You know, and they're showing the latest Apple hardware. They're not necessarily calling it out, but it's obviously the new iPad. It's the new iPhone. Yeah. It's the new Mac. Showing this stuff. Just showing it. Let me see what it is. But you don't. You guys don't understand how to get people excited about your content. Promote. How about a podcast, uh, Apple? Yeah. Prom, pay, pay a couple guys uh, some bucks to do a weekly podcast that features your content. And I'm not talking about just Apple Arcade. Just Apple content. This week in Apple. How about that? Now there's mm-hmm. a thousand shows that do that already. Obviously, yeah. they're none they're not mainstream. Them are done by Apple, right? You yeah. want to promote your stuff, pay someone to do it, and feature it prominently in the different apps. Put it on Apple TV well, Plus. Put it on Apple. Well, I was going to say, yeah. How how about put it on the Apple TV uh, streaming service right. that you run? Yeah, put it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it it is so frustrating because they do have good content in Apple Arcade. It looks. Yeah. There's some really good stuff in there, but we did our initial episode on it and barely talk about it since. Yeah, that's Apple's fault. Yeah, absolutely, and and I I can't help feeling that part of it is because they don't want to cannibalize their um, you know, their paid app store business. But it's, that's um, the thing, though. I I get that, but yet here's the thing: everything I'm talking about, a creator show about this about Apple Arcade. They could talk about the stuff you got to pay for too. Yeah, I know. I don't. Yeah, I don't I understand. It's it's very frustrating, 
and it seems obvious to us. So I don't understand why it doesn't happen. Apple, we want to learn more about this stuff, and you're just not doing a very good job of doing that. Well, I, I think the reason it doesn't happen is for exactly what we said before, because of the star chamber at the top of the company, who's very conservative and wants to keep doing the thing that's always worked for them. And the things that they, that's always worked for them has been secrecy about letting the rabid Apple fan base kind of generate their own excitement. But the problem is, is that's not Apple anymore. No. You know, those people, people, guys like you and I who get excited for, you know, Apple events and, and they, you know, parsing the... The invites and all that sort of thing. I, there's a whole load of us like you and me who are kind of past that now, and and the people coming up don't care. Right. They what they what they see is the fact that Apple doesn't do the things that other companies do, and so they end up going to other companies. Right. Well, the people that are coming up didn't come up when Apple was a struggling, almost out of business company, and it's a yeah. it's a very compelling Cinderella story. But we're not at the point where Apple's a Cinderella company anymore. You know, and not only that, the secrecy and the big reveal thing. Let's be honest, is done right. We are. It's no. Well, not not only that, it it worked. Not because of the concept itself. It's because of the way the person who executed it, yes, pulled it off. Absolutely, and and that guy's no longer with us anymore. Yeah, unless I I think even Tim Cook would be the first one to admit that that he doesn't. Hundred do percent. Like you're hundred percent right, like Steve. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if if if. If you can't do it as good as Steve did it, don't do it. Anymore. I hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yep. simple as mm-hmm. that. No. Anyways, um, <sighs> going to stick with Apple here for one more minute here, but it's not just Apple. It's Apple, Amazon, and Google are working together to make your smart home devices work better. This is a little story that I saw in a Recode um, that has way, way bigger implications than is getting attention right now. And I think it's something that... I I think everyone likes the idea of home automation and voice assistance. I think the problem is you have basically three big standards, if we don't count X11, because I think that's kind of dead at this point. Uh, three big standards from Apple, Amazon, and Google to talk to your smart devices to have things happen in your home. But the problem mm-hmm. is you have three different standards. They don't work all together. Yeah. And I think that needs to change. That is the thing. We need a USB plug for our smart devices. And what I mean by that is when USB came out, it tried to unify all these different ports on computers because it was a mess back in the day. It was just a horrible mess. So they came up with this idea that, okay, we're going to consolidate plugging something into your computer, whether it's a Mac or a PC, whether it's a printer, it's a video camera, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, external hard drives, you're going to use this plug. And over time, we'll have updates to this plug, and it's going to be faster and faster and faster. That's USB, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have anything like that for the smart home. And I think that's needed, and it looks like if they can actually get along and, and, and do this correctly, that's what this could be potentially because i think that's the problem yeah yeah potentially i i mean there's always a there's a there's a famous uh, in tech circles xkcd comic where um he uh, the the writer specifically addressed this he said we need a we need a new standard to unify all these standards right and then so he says he shows like 
standards before this initiative and it you know it says six or something like that and then we need a new standard to, to unify these standards and then it says standards after this initiative and it's gone up by one mm -hmm. <laughs> because the unified standard just becomes a, another, another separate standards. and the other ones are still standard. there i get it yeah. The other ones are still yeah. there. Yeah, and, and there, there is always a risk with that. It, again, it's this is going to be about execution. The the problem I have is, you know, it, the, we, we're just about to have CES, and this is the time of year when the tech industry makes an awful lot of announcements, and 98% of them come, come to nothing. Yeah. 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 So, so when I saw this, I was initially quite sceptical. I think the idea is nice. What I struggle with for this is that ultimately – the three companies involved do this three different through do this different ways amazon and and google yeah their stuff is fully cloud based it's your device talking to the cloud and the cloud is the hub yeah apple doesn't do it like that apple wants you to have a local hub with whether it be a mac or something like that because they are much more interested in security than amazon and google are who are much more interested in actually monitoring your data to me those fundamental disconnects are something that's going to be a challenging for these guys to agree and solve i hope they do but um i could see trouble ahead with that which could kind of waylay this initiative so, before it even gets so started. so let me read one paragraph here in this article <clears throat> and this sums up exactly what it should be and what i think Anybody listening to this actually wants it to be, and then I'll expand a little bit. The Connected Home over IP project, which be which will be moderated by Internet of Things Standards Consortium Zigbee Alliance, will be will be free for anyone to use and will make it so that, say, a smart light manufacturer will only have to use one connectivity standard in order for its lights to communicate with Google Assistant, Alexa, and Siri. Right now, that manufacturer would have to use three separate communication protocols to do so, which is expensive and time-consuming. Now, mm -hmm. that's exactly what we need, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. And here's why this is going to be important. Right now, no one Internet-connected you know, smart plug or whatever you have is ever going to be a, a massive hit because they're picking which standard they're going to this is going to work with alexa okay oh. so if i don't use alexa then i'm not interested well this will work with siri well but i don't use iphones no it's going to use google assistant i, I don't use google assistant you need something that it doesn't matter which device you talk to that smart device is going to understand and do it that will if that if this comes together that will allow a company XYZ company to make a gadget that can be huge on its own because it's not dependent upon one partner. It will work yeah. with everything. That's what we need. If this comes to fruition, and let's be honest, we're probably four years from this actually happening, um, yeah. minimum. If that happens, we're going to see a, a new revolution in smart home devices. Right now, it's just barely putting your foot in lukewarm water. That's all we've got right now. We need yeah. something that's going to motivate this entire industry, which is going to be good for Apple, Google, and Amazon long-term. It'll be very good for them. But I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope it does. But that's what needs to happen for us to get kind of a new tech revolution in, in smart devices up and running get us excited about a product because yeah. it's not going to matter which one you have it's just going to work that's right standardization is important you know i've had 
I've had, um, I have a, a smart light bulb in my upstairs bedroom. Um, and, you know, I've had other devices like this in the past. The problem is, is when you want to go to install them, they all use a different app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's provided by the manufacturer, which often it's terrible. means it's, it's, it's terrible. It's low quality software. Yep. A, a lot of these things, you remember the, the, the issues with the, the smart kids cameras that oh, were yeah. built into teddy bears and it turned out they were fully hackable yep. and as well. So they're often, they're often not secure in that sort of thing. And, and even with a single manufacturer, I found, uh, Philips is particularly guilty of this, that you buy the later version of the product and well, you need new app now. You can't use the old right. one. Yeah, you need a different yep. app. Uh, but if you still have the old product, you've got to have both apps on there. Um, and it's all that sort of garbage that we need to clear yeah, absolutely. away. Absolutely. Uh, and hopefully this will this will get us somewhere towards it. But uh, watch this space. I think this is something we can revisit in our uh, our first show of 2021. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> 2030 would probably be more likely. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. I want to be excited about smart home projects and products. Yeah. And I'm not, and I haven't been, because it's a kludgy mess. Well, yeah, not only that, look look what happened with Nest. Yes, yeah? exactly. Nest was bought by Google and then killed by Google, yep. and all the old stuff stops working. If you have a standard, then at least you've got a fighting chance of continuing being able to use it without depending on the support of one particular vendor. You know, you, you go out and you buy a, smart, a new Philips smart bulb, right? You yeah. screw it into a light, you turn the light on. And you go, hey, Siri, find the new light bulb. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, find the new light bulb. Whatever it is. Yeah. And it just works. Yeah. And it just does it. What would you like to name this? Children's bedroom. Because yeah. even with Alexa skills, if they all have different Alexa skills, then that means they all have different facilities, different commands. You know, and, and it, that's one of the failings. Alexa skills is great. There's an API that allows things to... Um, interface to Alexa, but the problem you have now is you you have all these different arcane commands depending on what exactly you, you you're trying to sort. So we can't remember what it is. Right. You know? No, and that's the problem. So you can't. Yeah, you can't do half of what the funky stuff does because you can't remember. And then you start thinking, oh, it's, it was much easier when I just had a dedicated remote for this. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this the standard that they're talking about really starts with the three voice command protocols that are out there siri alexa and google right that they all have to do a much better job of just understanding what our request is you know hey google feed the cat you know and it opens this little thing and some cat food comes out and then closes it again and the cat's been fed you know it has to be something that it doesn't matter which voice assistant you're using it's going to know what you're saying and it's just going to work. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be like the it's going to be like the computer on the Enterprise. Yes, you know exactly. You never you never had the computer on the Enterprise saying, <laughs> "I'm sorry, Captain Kirk, I don't understand that." I'm sorry, you'd have to get a Google phone for that, Captain. <laughs> you know, yeah. anybody, does anybody got another charger yeah. for my phaser? I've, I've got the damn wrong charger. Yeah. I, I always wondered how they charged the phasers, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of wondered that How they too. charged... Nobody ever charges a lightsaber either. Well, they, well, back in the day, it never seemed like they ran out of charges on those things. <laughs> like, man, that's got a hell of a imagine, battery in it. Can you imagine being halfway through a lightsaber fight and all of a sudden the blade starts flickering because you get low on charge? Speaking of lightsaber, did you see my... <laughs> so I, I, I did, got a new device. Yeah. And here's, here's the funny yeah. thing. Julie calls and says, hey, you got an umbrella. What the hell? What do you mean I got an umbrella? Well, you got a package that says it's an umbrella. I 
I had zero clue what the hell it was until I got home and opened it. And it was something, right. I don't even remember where I opened it or where I, I bought it from, whether it was uh, one of the wish.com things or was it eBay. Yeah. But I ordered this thing. I'm not kidding. It was like August or September. Yeah. And I completely no, I, forgot about that. Yeah. That's happening to me all the time. I got a package the other day uh, from China uh, and Alexander said, what is this? I went, no, no. I don't know. That's something. I opened it up. Even after I opened up and saw what it was, I could barely remember ordering That's it. That's the thing. I barely remember this thing. So I, I opened up this umbrella. Because they take so long. Yeah. yeah. I opened this umbrella up, and it looks like a standard black umbrella, except the pole, uh, well, the handle has two buttons on it. The bottom button turns on a little flashlight at the bottom of the umbrella. That's kind of clever. If you're walking, it's dark, and it's yeah. raining, hey, I got an umbrella, yeah. and I can see where I'm going. I wouldn't have bought it for that. There's another button a thumb button that lights the handle and you can have a lightsaber. It's, but yeah, it lights up the shaft yes. that goes up to it, the it umbrella. It looks like a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of badass. I really kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. It did look kind of, there cool. was no instructions on it and it took five yeah. minutes for Julie and I to figure out how to get the batteries in it. At first I thought it was a right. C battery and I was like, that's kind of weird. But then I thought, when we looked at it, we're like, no. And then I thought maybe it was a watch battery, but that doesn't make sense. Oh, okay, this is a triple or double A battery. So she went and got three double A batteries, except we couldn't yeah. figure out how to put them in the slot. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe it's a triple A, and you just kind of push them in between the things. And she did it, and of course that worked. Um, yeah. But no instructions, and I'm stupid, so mm -hmm. that's not helpful to me. <laughs> um, but but I kind of like it. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, I I give you that. And I made this stupid little video that I sent to David and a couple friends. Um, yeah. You kind of want one, though, don't you? I do, and <laughs> I bet you can't wait for it to rain now. So you can I, go out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that is that is an excellent walking the dog umbrella. Oh, I didn't think of that. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because because and it's safety. People in the street can see you coming. Well, it, you got the flashlight for cleaning up the dog yeah. mess. It's got everything you need. That's on right. It. Yeah. And if someone messes with me, it's a lightsaber. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will kill you. I will chop. Up, yeah. I will totally chop your hand off. And the, by the way, the little well, light it, thing it pokes out at the top of the umbrella too. Of course, that's exactly what you it, need. Yes. So well, then yeah. I can stab them too. It's not just a swooping yeah, that's, motion. That's, I can stab. That's exactly right. Yeah. The thing is, is you. The, the advantage of that is suppose suppose you did want to defend yourself, uh, and obviously it's not really a lightsaber, so you could you could carry a machete in your other hand, yes. right? And in the dark, if you attack some somebody attacks you and you swipe at them with it, because of the bright light, they can't see you and they also can't see the blade, so they are going to think they were actually attacked with the lightsaber. Well, any cuts they get, they're going to think, well, the guy hit me with the light umbrella and it cut yeah. me, so it obviously is a real lightsaber. Well, I, I'm totally going to get a little Bluetooth speaker and I'm going to have it connected to my yeah. phone, and so anytime I turn it on, I'm going to turn on the speaker first. I'm going to put my other hand in my pocket and play the lightsaber ignition sound so it looks like yep. it sounds like it's coming from the umbrella that's right and that and then and then while it's on you need jewel of the fates going yes. on the whole time well i'm gonna make i'm gonna go <laughs> when yeah <I'm> walking <laughs> uh, i like yeah. it in fact that's the only thing they could do to improve that umbrella is put the sound chips directly into the uh handle yeah. eric eric <laughs> is gonna be totally jealous yeah so yeah. do you remember how much you pay for I it Dude, I don't even remember ordering you it. You're asking me payment? 
Here's the thing. It yeah, couldn't have been much. I don't know where you bought it from. I know it wouldn't have so, been more than five bucks. Right. So we, we, we now need to scour the internet for this thing. Because we can't even put a link in the show notes. <laughs> I looked through my email. I looked for lightsaber umbrella and or umbrella, and I've got nothing. Yep. I think I saw a post on maybe... I don't think it was Facebook, but I saw a post somewhere for this thing. That's I have a vague recollection. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. I must have clicked the link and went, ah, oh, it's three bucks plus shipping. Go ahead. I'll order that. But I have no memory of it. None. I don't remember ordering this thing. Maybe it was supposed to be a nope. present for somebody else. I don't remember that either. <laughs> it's yep. totally mine, though. It's a completely mystery. Mm-hmm. It yeah. it is pretty cool. I like it, but you know, I, I yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing one in on Wish dot com for ten pounds. Creative LED umbrella, multicolor flashlight, cool rain umbrella, red, blue, black, transparent. Kind of looks, yeah. This, this this is probably I reckon it's a Wish dot com. Probably. I think so. If anybody wants one, hit up Wish dot com first, and in just three or four months you will have. That's your... right. Come spring, you've got an umbrella. That's when yeah. you need it, springtime. So order it now. It'll take five months to get to you. Um, yeah. I like it, but, you know, I'm easily amused. <laughs> so, be all. well, uh, let, <laughs> let's jump into uh, a story which I think is, uh, you know, Sonos is known for great speakers, right? When you think Sonos, yes. you think really good audio quality expensive yeah. they're they're making a really hard push into that bose category where you're really paying for the name but bose sounds pretty good you pay way more money because it says bose but sonos you're paying more because it says sonos but the audio quality is really good yeah and also as well sonos were one of the first companies to you know kind of do what we just been talking about with these standards it's just kind of defining universal standard for these speakers to talk to each other and pass information between yep. themselves way before Apple was doing that. So when you buy a Sonos speaker, they're known for their quality and longevity. But, you know, over time, people probably want to update their stereo systems. So they have a new, I guess you call it marketing thing. Um, it's called a, a trade-up program. And it gives legacy customers 30% off the latest Sonos. But you have to recycle your old one. So what does that mean? I just send it to you guys and you guys recycle it? Yeah. But no, you could also just take it to a recycling center and recycle it there. Yeah. Well, how, how do they know that you're recycling your old speaker? Well, you have to brick your device. It's called recycle mode. And once a Sonos speaker is in recycle mode, it's inoperable forever. So in essence, and I think this is so stupid, to get 30% off, you have to ruin a speaker so no one could ever use it again. This is um, this is terrible for the environment. This is... Hang, hang, on a, hang on a minute. To get the 30%, you don't have to send the speaker back to Sonos. No, you just have to you brick just it. Have to... You have to brick your old one. So you take a perfectly good working speaker. And you ruin it. And for the sake of a 30% discount, you ruin yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sonos is trying to defend itself. And, 
And some people are calling out that this is kind of, you know, Apple users should be familiar with this. Uh, this is what they say. This is their official thing. Over time, technology will progress in ways these products are not able to accommodate. It's a speaker, people. It's a speaker. Remember this. For some owners, these new features aren't important. Accordingly, they may choose not to participate in the trade-up program. But for other owners, having modern Sonos devices capable of delivering these new experiences is important. So the trade-up program is an affordable path for these owners to upgrade. For those that choose to trade up to new products, we felt that the most responsible responsible action was not to reintroduce them to, to new customers that may not have the context as a 10-year-old product, but may not be able to deliver the Sonos experience they expect. In other words, we don't want you to just give your old one to someone else because we're not making money. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's like, well, yeah, we want them to buy a new one. We don't want, we don't, this is basically trying to stifle the secondhand market in Sony. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. They're saying we want new customers. We don't want people. Yeah. See, I mean, they said, they, I'm looking at an article here that says it. Yeah. This says, um, uh, director of sustainability they have. Yeah. Community manager Ryan S. said, while we are proud of how long our products last, we really don't really want these old second-hand products to be the first experience a new customer has with Sonos. That basically means we don't want these old second-hand products, which we don't get a cut off, yep. to, be, to be the customer's first experience of Sonos. You see, the reason they're dressing that as eco-friendly, this would be eco-friendly if you sent the speaker back to Sonos and they paid right. to recycle it. If it's it. not... It, and it, they it, made sure... This is the opposite of eco-friendly, made, man. Yeah, because because you're basically taking something that works perfectly well and throwing it away. Yeah. And not only that, you're not paying to make sure that it doesn't end up on some Indian landfill site after being shipped around the world, which is what happens to an awful lot of e-waste at the moment. Yeah, like 90% yeah. of it. When you, re when you recycle something to, uh, uh, you know, Apple or Microsoft or something like that, they do have a sustainability program that ensures that those things are responsibly recycled, that what is... In them that can be reused is extracted, and then what remains is actually not just dumped on some third world country, but it actually is actually dealt with properly. That costs money, and Sonos are basically trying to dip out of that because it's too expensive. All they want to do is basically give you your discount and then and then brick your device so that nobody else can use it. Um, and they're hoping that you will then responsibly recycle. But let's face it, most people are going to take the fifth cent and then put the thing in the trash. Yes, it's a disgusting you know. practice. Is, and I don't yeah. mind calling out Sonos on this. Um, shame on them is what I say. Shame on them because well, this, this is, is this is unfortunately this is typical typical corporate people yeah. saying they want well you know we must be seen to be sustainable so let's do the bare minimum possible yeah so that we appeal to customers who have a an ecological bent. Well, it. these Sonos so, devices are connected, know. right? So they yeah. they can report home. So Sonos knows. Hey, we did really well. We got sales, but God damn it. Look at how many of our old devices are still out there. They're reporting new yeah. IP addresses, which means <sighs> a current owner bought a new set, got a new speaker, and he gave the other one to somebody else or he sold it on eBay. God damn. Yeah. We got to stop the reselling of our products out there, guys. How are we going to stop reselling our products? Because we're not making any money off of those. We make really good speakers. They last a long time. How, how can we make it so... Those two things are still true, but you can't listen to the old ones. Hey, you know, I got an idea. And that idea is terrible for the environment. 
I think this is a story that should be reported far and wide and they should be held accountable for this. You know, I think current owners of Sonos products should reach out to the company. If you got a if you got a Sonos speaker, do us all a favor. Jump on their Facebook page and leave a comment that you think this is disgusting. This yeah. is this is disgusting practice. This is the opposite of what we should be trying to do. It's just horrible. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know, the the, the problem. I think that the difficulty is is that I think electronics manufacturers generally need to own up to the fact that there is nothing really sustainable about high end electronics. Correct. Yeah, they are they're manufactured in the Far East. They involve you know very often precious scarce materials they are then shipped around the planet then they're shipped to stores we buy them uh, and then very often they they do have a limited life and then they get disposed yep. of yeah doesn't matter what your environmental program is all you're doing is is reducing to some extent your impact on the environment even even apples which is rated as as being one of the best ones going and they are obviously working very hard on using recycled aluminium and everything like that there is nothing about a two thousand dollar apple laptop that is remotely sustainable in the grand scheme of and look this isn't an easy so, problem to solve it really isn't no uh, and these companies are designed to make money that's that's their whole point of existence it's not to make a, a real nice speaker that you're going to enjoy it's for them to make money i get that but there has to be some kind of a corporate responsibility here we all share the same planet and yeah. You know, this is just I'm sure unacceptable ins- on every level. I'm sure inside Sonos, they're all patting themselves on the back saying, oh, you know, well, we could have just um, forced this recycle mode on old devices after they went out of warranty, and then people would have to upgrade. We've not even done that. This is voluntary. Yeah, that, and they're all, yep. they'll all be patting themselves give, on the back about how generous they are. 20, we give you 30% yeah. off. I don't understand what the problem is. Why are people complaining about yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, I'll disgusting. tell you what, this means, it's something like this means I'll never be a Sonos customer. Oh, no, I 100% agree. Number one, I'm not already, but I've looked at their products yeah. in the past. Now, the only thing I'm going to see when I see Sonos is a, a disgusting company. I'm not going to buy their products at this point. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is just disgusting. Yeah. I didn't even know that they had a, a a command to brick your unit, to brick it, to make it so it will not work ever again. That's the... Yeah, and, and basically... The, apparently once you've done this that's it you can't turn you can't right, change your mind right <laughs> and how many unscrupulous owners of the older device is going to get the 30 percent and then sell the old one on ebay after they bricked it well well, exactly. it, well it worked for me yeah. i don't know what saying you know is. sold as seen yeah 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 you know they record a little video to prove hey look see it's working and then they push the button to brick it and then they sell it to you and you're like well it's working in the video it should be fine you get it doesn't work it cannot be repaired it's gone forever yeah stupid well it, again it could be repaired if sonos decided they wanted to do that right but maybe that's maybe that's the um the business model they'll go for next is they'll charge they'll give you a 30 spent discount get your device brick then you sell it on to somebody and then they'll charge that, that um, yeah 50 bucks to 50, unbrick it 50 bucks yeah well yeah i wouldn't put it past them at this point this is yeah, this is the sort of thing where i i genuinely hope that somebody kind of reverse engineers whatever they're doing and and you know because let's face it if you can remotely brick it by software it must be possible to yeah there's going to be a way somebody somebody some hacker out there is going to get hear about this story here on TechFan, and they're going to get really angry and they're going to work to unbrick they're going to buy like 20 of these brick units 
and then hey, figure I it can't out. Ima- I can't imagine it's it's going to be hard to do because let's face it, when these things were designed, yeah. they weren't designed with encryption security to try and protect the kill codes right. or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah? yeah, it's it should be hopefully relatively Let, simple. Let's hope. Uh, you know what? And I hope I hope Sonos takes a bath. Oh, I do too. I really do. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. You can do something despicable and this disgusting. You deserve whatever happens. So with that, we're going to wrap up uh, this fun episode. Thanks for coming on this week, David. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking some time on your Sunday. Uh, Usually we record on a a Friday, but we had to push this one to Sunday because I had a holiday right in the middle of the week, New Year's. Um, Yeah, you know what? You told me about that. You said, oh, well, you know, any time there's a holiday, I have to work my day off. (laughs) And I, I, I sat and I thought about it, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. You're normally not in on a Friday. Right. Why should the fact that there was a, a compulsory day off earlier in the week make any difference about you not being sure, there don't, on Friday? Don't, David, you, you, this is a business. You're using logic. Don't do that to yourself. That's not fair to you. Um, but by the same it's token, like, think about I, I it. Just thought about it. I thought, thought, hang on a minute. That's, but wait a minute. There's if, two unrelated things. Well, not really, because let's say your normal day off is that day. Well, what? I, the other guy got two days off. I only got one. That's not fair. How does he, why does he get two days off? Um, I don't believe in that either, by the way. Um, uh, but that's okay, because I actually sold two cars that day, so I'm happy. Oh, well, there you go. Um, but I appreciate you coming in on a Sunday, and, uh, I'll see you next week on Geek's Pub. Geek's Pub, looking forward to it. Remember, guys, listen to this episode. If you like Geek's Pub... Uh, eventually we're going to separate you can already subscribe to Geeks Pub separately it's in iTunes uh, it's got it's own website Geeks Pub Podcast uh, so you can subscribe to that completely independently of Tech Fan but eventually Tech Fan's feed what you're subscribed to right now to listen to this will not have episodes of Geeks Pub we're going to separate them permanently eventually probably in another couple weeks I- I'm thinking probably around issue or issue uh, episode 8 or so maybe maybe earlier we'll see but if you want to listen to geeks pub you got to subscribe to that eventually separately we'll make the announcement here on TechFan when that happens um no idea what we're going to talk about on the next next geeks pub or the next tech fan in two weeks but until then i'll see you david have a uh, have a great week thank you